Healthwise on The Light Breakfast with Dr. Rajpans, where your health matters. That's right, we're with our very good friend, Dr. Rajpans, who's here to help us look through and even analyze medical articles that have recently been published. Good morning, Dr. Rajpans. Good morning. Some interesting questions today. Now, let's get to the first one. Uh, this new European research has found that women who give birth before they reach full term may have a higher risk of developing ischemic heart disease or IHD later in life. Now, Doctor, how does a premature birth translate to a higher chance of heart disease for the mothers? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting the study because they didn't actually tell us why mm. but they did. we do know from other studies that if you have premature births there's higher risk of, you know, getting some of the risk factors for heart disease there's higher risk of having increased blood pressure diabetes, obesity and things like hyperlipidemia so maybe it's this increased risk factors that you know, cause the ischemic heart disease and uh, why they get that could be because maybe when they are premature the body actually fully hasn't you know adjusted itself hormones may be imbalanced could it be the other way around though that because that. they have that in them like uh, hypertension diabetes and whatnot that's why they give birth prematurely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it could be the other way around because the study didn't actually tell us how she conducted and what they do. All they looked at was that, you know, they looked at all these people who gave birth, who, how many were premature and how many had ischemic heart disease many years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't tell us why. Probably they didn't look at that part of it. All they know is that you've got premature birth, you're at risk of heart disease. So the question is that if you have a premature birth, you must be actually more careful with your other risk factors you know so people like that should actually look at their diet exercise make sure they don't put on weight make sure they don't get diabetes don't smoke you know if they have things like cholesterol and all that should get it treated make sure the blood pressure and diabetes are well controlled so things like that what is the most important thing though for newly pregnant mothers to Mm. be aware of so that they don't get heart disease later in life I think uh, when you're pregnant uh, these are some of the things they look for because there's a risk of uh, having increased sugar you know that they call it uh, during uh, pregnancy some women can get hyperglycemia so that's one thing the doctors will check uh, carefully because also it can cause a big baby secondly blood pressure you know especially near the end they call a condition called eclampsia which can be very serious and so these are some other things blood pressure don't put on too much of weight during pregnancy some people I suppose because of eat for folks, two right yeah, eat for two and <laughs> they overdo right, yeah. and I think they should exercise during that period you know whether it's a simple walking or stretching they should exercise alright this next article says uh, a clinical trial has actually so- shown the commonly prescribed drug allopurinol isn't effective in slowing down kidney disease and apparently patients with gout also use this drug to help them control their are uric acid levels. Um, doctors have prescribed this for years and why is it now that it is said to be ineffective? I mean, they're just uh, something that used for uric acid. So uric acid in your blood is actually two things it will do. One is it causes gout, you know, and that can be quite serious, you know, can have severe pains and some of these patients have recurrent uh, gouty attacks, they call it. So that's one. Secondly, the same uh, uric acid, if too high, can cause uric acid stones, you know, and then can cause uh, kidney disease in the sense that, you know, the deposition of uric acid in the kidney so not these stones it can also affect the kidney per se so the 
simple thing was that bring it down you know just use a drug that can bring down the uric acid and hopefully your gout attacks will get less and your kidney stones will not be formed but over time we have realized that once aliprinol itself has got serious side effects right you know they can get a severe allergic reaction where they can get steven johnson syndrome as a skin infection which can be actually very serious so now the reason the guidelines have been that aliprinol should only be used if the patient has got symptomatic attacks if you have a high uric acid we don't put you on ilipirinol unless you got gouty attacks or the kidney stones severe pains and it gets damage of the joint so maybe for that you want to use but i would still look at lifestyle you know mm-hmm. again uric acid is a diet uh, thing uh, like cholesterol you can if you change your diet drink plenty of uh, fluids some people even use vitamin c because vitamin c uricosoric they say if you take uh, let's say 2000 mg of vitamin c drink 2 liters of water uric acid actually can come down oh. but you must make sure you hydrate yourself and a lot of people take vitamin c anyway so yeah. it just as a something to help them from prevent colds so simple things like that so a diet uh, maybe trying uh, fluids some vitamin c and monitor your uric acid if you don't have gouty attacks uh, then i wouldn't rush and you on a drug like allopurinol mm. and even now if some if you get mild attacks we use other medication to reduce the pain in the gout so allopurinol is no more the wonder drug it wants those for you know gout and uh, kidney right. disease so and again drugs like this make sure you see your doctor don't start anything on your own yeah All right, this next article uh, is a local study and the Malaysian experts actually found that this mouthwash containing PVPI is capable of curbing COVID-19 spread. I mean, there's been lots of claims during this pandemic. For example, drinking warm water oh, can no. help curb COVID-19. <laughs> But what are your thoughts on this study, doctor? I mean, it's, uh, if you're using uh, PV, what, PVPI or it's povidine and iodine, you know, and if you look at the... Uh, Uh, iodine and povidine these have been used for you know a lot of uh, infections uh, in fact you know before surgery that's the type of liquid that the doc- the surgeons will wipe your skin yeah, with yeah. and even if your wounds are there and you know there's an infected wound they use this to clean the wound so it's very antibacterial antiviral so yes it definitely will work the question is uh, when you do a mouthwash how often you're going to do it uh-huh. and uh, how long will the effect last you know though the virus can though it's uh, good to mouthwash helps the mouth and the throat but the virus can still get absorbed to the nasal mm-hmm. you know you don't have to go right down again and absorb mm-hmm. we also know that you can absorb to the eyes that's why the uh, when you are f- looking at a suspected case the doctors will even wear uh, you know face shield so uh, good it's just one of the other uh, weapons we have against covid right. with all the other things we do but i think still the simple things like social distancing keeping your hygiene frequent hand washing if you suspect or not well wear a mask so things like that are still important yeah. earlier you said this is like an iodine right yeah. isn't iodine like they have a tinge of like orange yeah, right yeah, yeah. like i remember tinge, the yeah. one you uh, you put before surgery is also it's very orangey yeah. like if you use that in the mouthwash <laughs> won't you get orange I mouth i thought because i think the probably their uh, you know concentration is much lower okay. unlike the one in the they use in the surgical so we, uh, that also we don't know how much they use so mm. i don't think so you sh- should get a orange yeah. <laughs> i'm not exactly sure whether this is a standard uh, ingredient in mouthwash mm-hmm. you know but prolonged use of this how much iodine are we allowed to actually eat like yeah uh, so all these things i think most of the mouthwash we have is got some alcohol inside that yeah. helps to kill the virus yeah. so i mean this is something probably even stronger so, so the question is how often how much you know and how long will the effect last so all these things they have to let us know
Can so you there, has, like, there has to be a guideline, yeah. I yeah, guess. Guideline. Like, like going to malls, you have to like do the hand wash and I think now you have to wash your mouth as well. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think I'll just follow what the ministry says. Like, easy. Just follow that. If they say this is something that also can use, that we'll follow that. Yeah. Okay, this one's all about our sight and uh, our declining eyesight apparently can be improved by looking at red light, this study says. Now, how can looking at red light improve our eyesight, doctor? And what is it about the colour red that helps with the eyesight? Interesting, I got no real idea how this works, isn't it? Uh, what they say is it stimulates the mitochondria in the cells. And this, our mitochondria is like the, you know, the batteries in the cells. You know, this is okay. one that uh, the workforce, la, if mm. the cells without the mitochondria won't work. So, mitochondria is the one that, that does all the things in the, for the cell to be active. Right. So, and if red light stimulates the mitochondria, then of course your cells will improve. But uh, why red light? No idea actually. We know that certain supplements or certain vitamins will help your eyes. So beta-carotene, lutein. But these are all supplements that uh, or vitamins that come in our fruits and vegetables. You know, all our colorful fruits and vegetables, you know, like beta-carotene is in our carrots and all that. And uh, lot of other colorful fruits like, you know, your berries and all will contain all the xanthine or lutein. So... Color definitely helps eyesight, mm -hmm. you know, especially if it's full of uh, all these uh, vitamins. But why red light? It's interesting, you know. They, I, I think the article didn't really tell us mm. why red light. All it says it simulates the mitochondria, so maybe that's how it works. Uh, but I don't know whether it will work with blue light or. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, have you tried looking at a red light for a long, a long period of time? Yeah. When you look away from it, everything turns green. Yeah, it actually makes it worse <laughs> for me. Yeah. Technically. Yeah, so I mean, if this is really works, you know, it's really interesting to, you know, for all, especially as people get older, mm. you know, all you have to do is uh, look at red light. red light for a while and then, uh, you know, your eyesight might get better. But I, I, I would uh, really wait for more studies. I think it's just a very small, because only they took 12 men and 12 women. Yeah, it's just a very small so study. Very small study. So, and whether really how effective it is, I think you need larger studies and yeah. longer periods to see. And also, I, what kind of eyesight issues? I mean, like, is it just about astigmatism? Is it glaucoma? Or is it you're, you're going blind? It doesn't actually... Yeah, it doesn't tell. It right? just said you improved your eyesight. All right, uh, doctor, this last article actually says that fasting actually helps release toxins in the body. So maybe you can help explain further what happens in your body when you fast. Now it's become a craze actually, isn't it? Things like uh, intermittent fasting. And uh, fasting has always been uh, from, if you look at even all the ancient religions and everything, they always have a period of fasting. Uh, you know, if you look at all of them actually, you know. And uh, so I think there is definitely some truth in um, fasting being good for health. Today, uh, Japanese, I can't remember his name, but he won the Nobel Prize for the thing called autophagy. That if you fast long enough, your body eats its own dead cells because they know that these dead cells are actually though they die they don't get washed away they're stuck there in the body and they release a lot of inflammatory uh, cytokines that actually destroy the other good cells around them so you actually want to get rid of that so they say when you fast the body no food so it eats these dead cells mm. to get the you know the the proteins and the vitamins and also body to safeguard itself it takes toxins that our body is absorbing whether environment from the food from the water can't leave it in the circulating in the blood so it takes and stores it in fat so when you start fasting the body has got no food no carbs to burn no fat to burn it burns your own fat right. and when it does that the toxins get released and these toxins are then washed away you know our body has got a very fantastic mechanism the liver the kidney our bowels the gut so for me the simple thing is that first of all try to wait 
too much of toxin going into your body. That means eat healthy, uh, but you can't escape today. You know the environment is causing mm. toxins. This is some of the ways that to help the body rest itself, help the body wash away. Eating itself is a very uh, strong process. I mean, digestion itself can take the body a lot of energy. Mm. So when you fast. The body is not digesting. Your time to do other things, clean away all the muck in your body. They say, <laughs> you know. So I think it's a good thing. So just be careful. You know, intermittent fasting is very safe. Uh, they talk about sixteen eight. I sometimes just do the twelve twelve lah. Like, you know, twelve hours. I don't do it. What are you doing, bro? Sixteen eight. Sixteen eight. Right. And uh, but some people go for the two day, three day, five day fast. So be careful. Uh, if you're not used to it, you can have issues. Simple thing is listen to your body. If your body suddenly feels tired, you don't feel energetic, or you're feeling extra hungry, that means the body is sending you a message. Then maybe you have to stop and you know go back and eat something. But I remember when I first started, I get a lot of gastric attacks. You only release your acid in the stomach if you're eating. Mm. You know, so if you're getting gastric attack when you're fasting, that means you're thinking of food. <laughs> uh, Because the body doesn't know when your food is coming. If you're thinking of food, then the body says, "Oh, he's going to eat something. Let's get the acid out." But if you don't, you should never get a as because only when the food goes into the mouth that the body starts releasing all the enzymes, the acid in the stomach. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking of food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that sounds like Bella and me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Rajbans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society.